You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our Women's Ministry Director, Jessica Havlin. So what I'd like for you to do first and foremost is I'd like you to turn to John 15 and I'm gonna open us up in prayer because while it's a very happy day, Mother's Day, it also can be one that we have very mixed feelings with. My mom is celebrating the anniversary of her mom's death. This is her second anniversary. So I think of that and I also think of the women. I'm a woman that has had a miscarriage. We've all experienced, a lot of us, a loss of a child. So we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna cover this time with prayer and I wanna invest into you before we get started. Lord God, I thank you for these amazing women. Lord God, for this body. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you meet us exactly where we are. Lord, that you are not a far and distant God, but Lord, you are there for us where we're at. I pray for the women that are celebrating Mother's Day, Lord God. I pray that you would make this a joyous time of memories, Lord God. I pray for the women that have experienced loss. Maybe that's the loss of a child. Maybe that's a broken relationship with their mother. Maybe that's the daughter and a broken relationship with her mother. Lord God, whatever that loss may be, Lord God, I pray that you would just meet them where they're at and minister to them. Let us be sensitive as a body, Father God, to those around us and to, Lord God, how you're ministering to them, how you're working in their lives so that we can all be together as one body. We praise you, Lord God, because this is your day. I thank you, Lord God, for the honor and the opportunity and the privilege to speak to your body. Give me those words. Give me your words that they would speak directly out of me into the heart and that we would be changed by it. And we love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're gonna get to John 15 in a minute. It's gonna be a lot of minutes, so just... Hold your, hold your page there and we'll get to it. So the journey starts for me in October, 2021. So in that time, I don't know if you ever had a time where you're like trying to do a thing and you're trying to do the thing and you're trying to do a thing and you don't ever get to do the thing. So that was me at that time. I was in a place in my life where I was trying to go to events. I was trying to go out with friends things. I was trying to go to um, things that we were doing as a community, all the things. And no matter what I did, I either had a sick child, I was sick, or something catastrophe, some, something happened, something exploded, something was on fire, something happened, and I was not able to go to that thing. And I remember it was a parade in downtown Fountain Inn, and we were on Main Street and we were walking on Main Street and I saw the pecs, um, Amy Pecoraro and all of the Pecoraros. I was like, oh, there's the pecs. And so we cross the street, across the street from the parade, stop parade. Um, so we cross the street and we're hanging out with the pecs. I'm like, oh yes, I get to spend the evening with my, with my really good friend. And so we're there and then Ellis had to go home because he was beside himself and he was so tired and he just kept on crying. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is the worst. So it was months of this, months and months of this. So it felt like I was in quarantine without actually being sick. Like, you know, have you ever had a forced quarantine? So I was on quarantine, I don't know why. So January 7th of 2022 comes around and I'm spending time with the Lord and it's quiet time. And I feel like the Lord 
is asking me to give up this thing that I love. And if you don't know me, I love to read. I read so much. If I'm not reading, I'm listening to books. I love to read. And I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to give up reading for fun. And that was so hard. I was like, Lord, like, why are you requiring this thing of me? But I'm, I am a follower of God first, and then I'm a wife, and then I'm a mom. So if I'm a follower of God, if he tells me to do something, I should probably do the thing, right? So I took a vow. And vows, biblically, are super, like, it's better for you not to have taken a vow than for you to take a vow and not to fulfill a vow. It's a really intense thing. So I took a vow, and I wasn't gonna read. So January 7th, Mark, start, start not reading. And just side note, if you ever feel like the Lord is telling you something and that something is not confirmed in scripture, then probably you didn't hear right. So the Lord is not gonna tell me to stop reading my Bible for a year, right? So this is reading for fun. This is not reading the Bible. This is reading for fun. So I kept on reading my Bible. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. Oh, the Lord told me not to read and I'm just not gonna read his word and I'm telling, no, that's not what's happening. So I started not reading for fun. I continued reading my Bible and all of that. And I noticed two things very quickly. I noticed that one, I have a lot of time on my hands, like so much time on my hands. I spent the first probably two weeks binging every Netflix, Hulu, Paramount, HBO Max show that even looked good. There's not a lot of good shows out there. And they're not all clean. Like, stop watching that. Oh my gosh, stop, pause. And so like, get through all the shows and then what is there to do? Watch them again, that sounds fun. So I'm like, what am I gonna do with all my time? So I, I, I realize I have a lot of time on my hand. The second thing that I noticed was that there were things happening in my home that I was not attentive to. I have a middle schooler. I have a 10-year-old, I have a four-year-old. I was not taking the time to build in their lives, and I talked about this last Mother's Day, like I should have been. Ladies, you have such an important role. Whether you actually have physical children or whether that's a spiritual child or whether that's somebody that you're, you're really pouring into, there is such an important role that you have to invest in these lives that only you have that, only you. Who's gonna invest into my daughter's life? Who's gonna walk her through all of these things to tell her exactly how this works? Am I gonna let the world do it? Should I let her friends do it? So I realized that there was something that I should have been doing. I should have been doing it a long time ago, but I really started looking at those things, asking her questions, asking them about their days, asking them, you know, what, what things do you love? What things make you tick? My son, he got, he got a bow staff. Like he does bow staff things. I don't know. He loves it. It's great. But through this, I realize that there's a saying in business. Maybe you've heard it. It goes like this. If you don't have a plan, you plan for failure. I didn't have a plan. I had no plan. And if you know me, I'm a planner. Like I got the things, like I got it in my calendar. I'm really super scheduled. I got the, I got the things. I was not planning that. I was not. Do you know that the Lord has a plan for your life? 
do you know that the enemy has a plan for your life? When you think about the Lord's plans for your life, Jeremiah 20, 11 says, 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. There's something so interesting in scripture when you look at it, it's almost like there's two opposite sides of the spectrum. You have the Lord, he's light, he's life, he's good, he's truth. And then on the other hand, you have the enemy, death, darkness, destruction. They're the opposite, but we all know that there's one power, more powerful than the other. We don't wanna give the enemy more powerful than he has, that's not a thing. But they're, they're opposite. They're the opposite, they're a parallel of each other. So when you look at this, it says, the plans I have for you are good, good, not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. We were here on Sunday, it was a couple months ago, and Babe was talking and he was given his message and all of that, and there was this verse that he got up on the stage, and I don't even remember what he was talking about because I wasn't listening. After the verse came in, the Lord just began to, to open up the scripture and just to start speaking to me about this. And the verse is John 10, 10. And it talks about, we already know what the plans that the Lord has for us are, for our good and not for disaster, to give us future and hope. So the thief's purpose in John 10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill and to destroy. And I started thinking about that. And while we know that you can't live a rich and satisfying life apart from God, we already learned that in Jeremiah 29, 11, it became very obvious to me in my little system mind, what I do at my work is I build processes, I build systems. So I get into the thing and I investigate all of the sides on it and I look at this aspect and this aspect and this aspect and then I see what's the most efficient way to do this and then I map out a course. So A plus B plus C plus D plus E. I do all of the things. So my brain works in systems and processes. So as I was looking at that, I was like, oh my gosh, it's a system. It's totally a process. And before us, we have the pathway of life which is the Lord's pathway. And then we also have the pathway to destruction, which is the pathway to death. So here, here's the key here. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. So the first thing that he does, the very first thing that he does is he steals our truth. He steals it. John 14, six says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If we can't find the way to God, we'll never find God's purpose for us. And it starts with his truth. It says, I am the way and the truth and the life. So we're not even on the right path if we don't have his truth. Oh my gosh, my head was blown. So he steals our truth. The next thing that he does, he kills our dreams and our hope. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, if he knows the plans for us, that they're good and not for disaster, he gives us a future and a hope. 
So if we don't have those dreams, if we don't have that hope, and you notice that the second thing is that he kills, but there's a third thing, so we're not actually dead. Because if he kills us, game over, we're, we're dead. That's the end. So we're not dead. He's just killing our, our wants. He's killing our desires. He's killing our hopes and our dreams. So that's the second thing he kills. The third thing he kills is our future. He wants to destroy our future. Because Jeremiah 29, 11 says, a future and a hope. If we have no future, there's nothing to look forward to. There's only death inside of us. There's no life, because the opposite of life is death. When I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh. I can chart out exactly what was happening by just looking at this in my own life. I can see by looking at how, how much, how entrenched are you in the wrong way by seeing, has he stolen your truth? Do you have truth living in you? Or do you have truth and it's just, you just kind of have it. So you're like kind of on the right way and not really on the right way. So you can really tell how far are you on this path of destruction by looking at this. And the, the second part of that John 10, 10 verse, it says this, it says, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So steal, kill, and destroy, or rich and satisfying life. That, that whole word richness, I looked it up in several different versions of the Bible, and that word, it, it says abundance in some versions. It says fullness. It says to the full. It also says until it overflows. Now, if I'm going to determine what that richness is, I would, I would categorize that, and you probably would as well, as you think of money and stuff and cars and blah. But, but the Lord's definition of that is so different. Maybe the richness that he wants for you is actually healthy children. Maybe it's a healthy marriage. Maybe it's margin in your finances, margin in your time. And if we trust the Lord to define that richness for us, then that's where we find it. Mm. So God's purpose is richness. So how do we get there? Like, what does that even mean? I don't even understand. If you look in Jeremiah 29, 11, the next verses after that, they actually go into that. They tell us how, how we do that, and then we're gonna go into our John 15 that I had you go to at the beginning. So Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13 says, then, so he's, he's saying, I know the plans I have for you. So when you have a future and a hope, this, that's where we are. We have a future and a hope. So then, right there, that's where we are. So then you will call on me and, and you will come and pray to me and I will hear your voice and I will listen to you. Then with deep longing, you will seek me and require me. And get this, it says you will require me as vital necessity, vital. And you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. That word vital I think of that word, so I work in healthcare and they have these things called vital signs. They're your 
um, blood pressure and your pulse and they're the signs that you're alive, your vital signs. So that vital is very important and we're gonna get into that in here, John 15. So look with me at John 15. We're gonna start off at verse one and he's talking about the vine dresser. And think of this massive vineyard. And if you've ever been to a vineyard, you know that there's all of these vines that are sprouting up off the ground and they're structured. And in them, you have a gardener. And this gardener is called a vine dresser. And the vine dresser is inspecting the vines and he's making sure that they're healthy and he's doing his thing. So they would have been very, very acquainted with this whole vine dressing. But we're just gonna take a trip there and we're gonna learn about it. And I'm gonna show you exactly what, what things we can pull from scripture about this whole vital necessity. So it says in verse one, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away. So what does he do if it stops bearing? He cuts it away. He trims it off. It's gone. So the ones that are bearing, let's see what he does with those. It says, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it, make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, the teachings I have discussed with you. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding, and look at this, being vitally united to, vitally united to, the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. So if we want to be on this pathway to richness and to satisfaction and fullness, we have got to be one connected to the vine. And it says they're vitally united. Require me as a vital necessity. When I think of that word vital, I think it evokes such, such rich picturing for me. I'm not one that, like, I get so entrenched in my day. Are you that way? I get so focused and I'm like at my computer and I'm like programming and I'm like doing the thing. And it'll be like two o'clock when I look up and I haven't drank anything, I haven't eaten anything, I haven't gotten up out of my chair, like, and once I look up, I'm like, oh, I don't feel good. Like, I don't, I don't really, my head is kind of hurting. So I started, actually, you're gonna laugh at me, I, I have an alarm to eat. I do, I actually have an alarm to eat. At 11 o'clock, it says lunch, and it beeps at me. So I have something that's just beeping at me to eat because otherwise I won't do it. And guess what? I have alarms to drink water. Sometimes like if my phone is just out there and one of the staff picks it up, they're like water minder. Oh, this is Jess's phone. Like I have reminders for these things because if we count it as vital, we make sure it gets done. Vital things need to be done, right? 
So that means in my day, if I don't have the time to read the word, if I don't have the time to spend quietly with the Lord, then I wake up earlier because it's vital. If I don't have the time because I'm looking at Netflix or I'm watching HBO Max or I'm doing a Paramount thing or I'm scrolling on social media, then I stop that thing because this is vital. Are you hearing me, guys? What's vital gets done because we make sure it gets done. If that's at the end of your day after you put the kids to bed, great. If that's in the morning because you have to wake up earlier because there's literally not any time in your day for it, you'll do it because it's vital. I've seen, I've seen people that they're, they're not happy with where they are in life with their weight and so they start going to the gym and they realize that they don't have time for it. So what do they do? They wake up earlier. They go to the gym on their lunch. Like whatever you gotta do. If it's vital, you figure it out. Vital. So connected to the vital united. The second thing is that they bear fruit. They have purpose. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 breaks down this fruit that we produce. And it's just a natural byproduct of how we're connected to the vine. And it also, right before verse 22 in, in chapter five, it goes through what the fruit of the not Holy Spirit is, which is called the fruit of the flesh, which is on the path of destruction. And it breaks it down, slander and lust and gluttony and stealing and killing and all the things. You're probably familiar with them. It breaks it all down for you. But then it talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And this is the kind of fruit that we bear being vitally united. So let's look at it. It says in Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, first one is love. It always starts in love. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see how self-control is at the end? Oh man, I'm never gonna get to that one. There is no law against these things. When we look at the fruit that we bear, and, and in, in John 15, 2, that we were just reading, it says, those that bear fruit, he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit. So the first thing that we're doing is we're bearing this fruit. And by vitally being connected to the vine, we have this love because God is love. So it just flows through us. If we're, if we're spending time with them, these are things that just naturally happen. And maybe you have fruit that I don't have yet. Maybe you've progressed on and you've got love, but you also have gone on to joy. And you're not anxious anymore because you have the Lord's peace because you're vitally united. So we're, we're bearing fruit. The third thing that happens is that we're whole because we're repeatedly pruned. John 15, two, that last part we just read, he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit. It goes on to say, to make it bear more, so that's quantity, richer. So in Nicaragua, <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but my husband grew up overseas. Little joke for you. Um, so when we were in Nicaragua, we lived there as missionaries for about five years, and the bananas in Nicaragua are a lot better than the bananas here because it's volcanic soil. It's rich. There's that word again, rich. 
it's rich and it has such good soil. So the soil just goes into it because it's vitally united. So it's just so good. So we've got quantity, we've got richness and more excellent fruit. So when I was working on the message um, this week with, with Jeremy, we do this every year and it's funny, the first year, it was like I had done this whole message and I'd worked it out and I wrote down every word and I was like, my heart was on my sleeves and every year Jeremy helps me with my message just because he's just amazing. And I remember there was weeping and gnashing of teeth because I was like, no, but we can't change it, but I made it. And it was the worst. But this year when we looked at it, um, I'm just so thankful and, and I'm a lot more mature now. God bless him. He's so patient with me. Um, I, we were working on the message and he said, and more excellent fruit, like, you know, you have love and then you have joy and then you have peace. And I was like, more excellent fruit. Oh my gosh. It's the same fruit because we're vitally united, but it changes. It's not always just love. It's love and joy. Or it's love and joy and peace. Or it's love and joy and peace and patience. Oh my goodness. Some of you are really, really joyful. Some of you got anxiety. You haven't gotten to the peace part. Some of you are cussing at the car that's in front of you and you're like, what is your problem? Why are you going five miles under the speed limit? And you do not have a whole lot of patience for them. The thing of it is, is that not only this pruning that happens, which is not very much fun because he's cutting something off and it's a trial, it hurts, but he's building something in you that is far better. Not just love, love and joy. Not just love and joy, love, joy, and peace. Do you get what I'm saying? More excellent fruit and quantity more and richer. It's fuller, it tastes better. Are you guys tracking with me? Okay. So the important thing to remember is that we continue to bear the fruit of what we're vitally united to. So if we're vitally united to the Holy Spirit and to this path of life, then we're gonna continue to bear this fruit. Um, it's also worth note that this verse in Galatians 22 and 23, it goes on through the last part of Galatians 5 and through the beginning of Galatians 6, and it talks about how we deal with each other and how we bear our burdens with each other and how we interact with each other. And it's interesting to me that he would go into the fruit that we should have individually, and then he starts about talking about how we treat each other. Isn't that interesting? I can only glean one thing from this. The fruit is not for us. It was never meant to be for us. It's not for us. It's for the building. Um, I love that through all of these things, through bearing fruit, through being connected, we are able to find fulfillment. And the dictionary definition of this fulfillment is the fulfillment of one's wishes, expectations, or needs, or the pleasure derived from this. The thing of it is, is that if we're living a fulfilled life, I don't know what you're looking for. I don't know what your version of success is. 
in the business world, we call those KPIs, your key performance indicators. <laughs> I don't know what your KPIs are, but mine, as for me, I wanna reach the end of my life and heal well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want. And in years past, when the Lord has asked me, I'll just be spending time with him. And he says, ask me. And do you know what I've asked for? I've asked for iPads and trips to Disney and computers. And those are good things. Paying my bills. We've been in places, Jeremy's been very honest, we've been in places, we were missionaries. We were stressed out about buying shampoo. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's not a very fun place to be. You're stressed out about buying shampoo. And do you know when I got all of those things that I asked for, there's nothing about me that changed. I was thankful for the Lord providing those things, but there's nothing about me that changed. This fruit that we have that's not for us, it's for the building of the body. This last verse that we're gonna look at, it's in John 15, eight, so it's just a little bit down in John 8, 15. And it says, when you bear, produce much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified, and you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. Our main goal here at Renovation Church, if you get anything from all of our programs, everything that we're doing, we want you to be a follower and a builder. That means you know you're vitally connected. You're using the fruit that the Lord is bearing through you because you're just naturally having it because you're vitally connected and he's pruning you. And you're using it for the building up of the body. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for this place. Lord God, I thank you, Father, that you are so good to us. We don't deserve it. I thank you, Lord God, that as we walk this road, as we continue to learn more about what it means to be a follower and a builder, you're so gracious with us. You are able to take us from strength to strength. And we thank you, Lord God, that as we continue to learn more about you, as we continue to invest in your body, the church, the Lord's bride, Lord, that you would be honored and glorified in this place. We thank you, Lord God, for all that you are to us. Bless these moms, Lord God. Meet them where they are. And we praise you for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.